0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. I'm Ben Morton, and a very warm welcome to the second Medley episode of the podcast. This week, we have five different leaders who have all previously appeared on the show, or depending on when you're listening to this episode, will appear on the show in the future, who are all sharing their experiences and their top tips around keeping their teams motivated. Now, you'll notice I said keeping their teams motivated, and that was very deliberate because I do not believe that it is our job as a leader to motivate people. I do, however, believe that it's our job to ensure that those people that we have the privilege and responsibility to lead do not become demotivated. Just think about that for a second. Nobody joins a new organisation in a demotivated state. Similarly, it's very rare for somebody to receive a promotion and be demotivated as a result, right? They tend to be highly motivated, highly engaged when they get that promotion or join a new organisation. And if this is the case, for people to become demotivated, something must have happened or changed along the way. That something can sometimes be us. We probably, almost certainly, don't do it intentionally, but we can easily do things as a leader, or create policies, or neglect to do things that cause those that we lead to become demotivated. And this really is the context and the backdrop to the question that I asked these five amazing leaders. So, without any further delay, let me introduce the first of this week's leaders, which is Brendan Pavey, who is the executive head teacher at Northbridge House Schools, who appeared on episode 66 of the show, sharing his view on how to keep a team motivated. How do you go about showing your appreciation? for the work done by everyone within school, be that students, teachers, support, staff? Or I guess to put this question another way, what approaches have been most successful for you in terms of keeping your your team and, I mean, the broad team here, keeping them motivated?
1: This is something I've had to, to really reflect on, and I'll, t- I'll tell you why. When I had a personality profile done on myself, so um, for the job I'm doing now, there was a personality profile, uh, done. And, and I'm sure many of the, the listeners have done them and, and, and know where they fit on, on various spectrum. But I remember one thing that came out of that, the person giving the feedback said, you don't need praise for the work that you do. You don't need praise for the for the achievements that you um, have within your work. Um, and like, yeah, I know that you don't need a personality <laughs> profile to tell me that but the important reflection on that is to say but other people do and other people are, are motivated by that and just because you don't doesn't mean that other people don't um and so it's been something that i've had to really reflect on and make sure that i have systems in place uh, and i'm not sure it's saying these that there's nothing mind-bending here or anything here but they're, they're systems that we put in place and they're not perfect either but i introduced the star of the week so every week the an email goes out saying please nominate your staff star of the week for this week and for me it's a way of trying to find out what are all the team doing that i do great things that i don't see because as a head teacher across two sites it's impossible to see everything that's going on and people do nominate one another and uh, it's lovely to have a, a long list on a monday it goes out i sit down with slt and we choose the star of the week and and they get a a bottle of the wine, or a non-alcoholic alternative, whichever they they prefer, or a voucher. I think we've moved to these days. And so little thing like that. It's hopefully done right, motivating and rewarding. Done wrong, it actually leads to. Well, that's not fair again. Which you've got to be really careful of. Yeah. Um, so true. we try, we try and make sure that that's all there. Um, another thing in terms of trying to keep staff motivated and so on is, is look for opportunities that we have within our organisation. So we have sent people out to Spain to learn from some of the schools out in Spain. Oh, wow. It's as it's, it's as cheap as sending them to a, on on many of the courses in London, for example. So um, a flight to Spain, staying with with our schools over there. Learning and that can be motivating to the to the staff because it's a little bit different yeah. um, than than elsewhere. And so there's some small everyday things and there's some bigger. And again, you've got to be careful because you can't afford to send everybody at the same time. So again, it's you have got to pick pick and choose carefully and be really clear on your reasons and motivation for sending one person and not another. Um, and if someone expresses a wish, we need to look to find another way of doing that. We have taken teachers to Norway. Uh, we hosted um, a school leadership group from Norway um, and. Um, managed to assure, be sure that we could get our return visit to go and see them and learn from them. Well, we learned quite a lot about the architecture of their schools and their curriculum, uh, which we've actually brought back in and put in some vision panels in our in our corridors and so on. Um, so trying to think about ways of developing people professionally, but also giving them that little little bit of respect for doing a brilliant um, initiative around the Sustainability Council or running a brilliant school newspaper, that, that sort of thing that you might not see every day, but somebody's doing a, a little bit of... Um, Brilliant work and hopefully it then gets recognised and people get motivated to keep on doing it.
0: Next up, we have Pauline Patterson, who is the founder and CEO at Dr Pawpaw from episode 70, sharing her top tips on keeping teams and individuals motivated. Pauline, This next question, can you share with our listeners your top tips for keeping your team motivated and how you go about really showing your appreciation for the work that they do?
2: Yeah, definitely. We keep them motivated, um, I would say, by having that open door policy. You know, they can come and talk to us about anything They can ask for anything uh, within reason, you know, and and we can open it. So it's about being open and honest uh, with them, you know, with with their work-life balance and with um, anything they need. And as uh, motivational skills, again, you know, we will always offer promotions internally before looking externally unless there is a particular skill that we need externally, so that everybody has the room to grow within the company. Because nobody wants to stay, say, in the same job for you know x amount of years doing exactly the same thing. You know, they want um, promotion, they want drive, they want to you know see something as a future um, for them. And yeah, we do we do lots of nice uh, motivational things. We actually have a back masseuse who comes in. We've just started doing this. She came in before Christmas, and everybody literally had half an hour. Off. She came into the office, set up her chair. Everybody had a back massage for half an hour. We did that over like two days for everybody just to really help them. Um, we often have sort of like team dinners or team evenings Again, we've been fortunate enough to win awards. So, over the years, we've taken different people out um, to different events and nothing that's like a a competition or anything. It's like, hey, would you like to come to this? Or it's your turn to come to this. So, we are always doing things um, outside of the office as well um, that we are offering. Um, to them. Again, just to give them that pride uh, in the company as well. We've also asked for some of them to um, take part in sort of charitable things. So, either donating their time. Um, again, we've got some things coming up um, this year, like some challenges as well that the team have, have expressed um, an interest in. So, you know, we're all going to get behind them and have that. Um, but, yeah, we always offer things outside of the work, whether it's a simple dinner and we all go out and have a pizza and and some wine or, you know, we go and do a a challenge for for a charity. So lots of different scales. And it's just having that, you know, that it really does feel like a family um, and that we're all in it together. So it's not just about the bosses making money and having that lifestyle. We want everybody to a certain respect, you know, everybody to have that life work-life balance because then we're all on the journey together yeah I think uh, definitely keeping the team inspired and motivated and I mean basically just wanting to work for you you know I think really is an ongoing job and almost like a separate job to to running the company again and I definitely think god how times have changed um, since the pandemic Uh, As well, you know, and some say some people say for the good or for the worst, but we've definitely had to become more adaptable. I would say definitely and more understanding as well of, of our staff's needs. I always thought we were pretty good at being understanding before because we have got working mums and we always did give them the option of part time, which I was never offered at my company, even though I asked, um, you know, I wasn't allowed to do five days a week, but finish at three or two to go and pick up the kids, you know, or, or do four days and, and have a day off. So we've always been flexible with um, our working parents and with anybody that does want to do part time versus full time. But um again, you know, this whole sort of working from home and also giving them that freedom has definitely challenged I would say our leadership skills because it is a lot harder to manage people at home. And it's not because of distrust or anything, it's just the communication. I think, you know, in any leadership role, it's the communication, and you have to allow yourself or be available. As well to that communication, so that you know you or we always make sure that we you know we have this whole you know open door policy. We're in we're in an open office, you know. Apart from meeting rooms, me and Johnny aren't locked away in a you know a bigger office than say everybody else. So we're always visually available, as well as being available. And definitely the challenge of having that communication with with people all over in their own rooms, with their own sort of you know issues in terms of their home life and, and what that looked like uh, was definitely uh, one, of, one of the biggest challenges. So I would say adapting to, you know, the things that, that have happened over that nine years because it was a very different world from when we first started. I mean, again, like I said, I was on maternity leave with our second child when I was dealing with Harvey Nichols and trying to talk to Boots and Superdrug. And I was literally in my pajamas working on my laptop with a young baby that I would stop. And people would ask me for calls and I'd be like, oh no, sorry, you know, I'm too busy, let's just do it on email. Because I didn't want them to say, you know, see, or I mean, we weren't even doing video calling back then, but to even hear, you know, if Jackson started crying, you know, or something like that. So, I had to hide it, that it was just me, whereas I think now, sort of, people, you know, sort of lo- love that and love to hear, you know, that people started things from their bedroom and things like that. But it was a much more judgmental, I would say, world back then to, to what it is now.
0: Let me now introduce Melanie Chevalier to you, founder of Creative Culture, who appeared on episode 72 of the show, giving her unique take on this one question. Melanie, what would you say are your top tips for keeping your team motivated and really showing and demonstrating the appreciation for the work that they do?
3: So the first one would be keep on investing in them. And I don't mean just financially. I think rewarding is obviously, financial rewarding is extremely important to let people know how well they've done and and how much they contribute. But it's also investing in time, listening, supporting, helping them understand who they are, how they can grow, make a difference. Sometimes driving them to other companies and other opportunities is actually what's best for them. It's the right thing to do as a leader, you know, not for you personally in the business, of course, because you don't want to drive people away. But as a leader of people I think it's it's important that you should play that role for them. The second one is to know where they're heading and taking them there. So I do this a lot with the teams, you know, when I understand what their aspirations are, I always try and reshape what their job roles are or, you know, if they want to work in a specific area or different types of clients, then we try and grow business in that area, for example. Because it's a win-win scenario, you know, at the end of the day, if you make them happy and take them where they want to be, they'll stay with you, right? And they will be happy to be very committed and, and involved. So I think it's important. And then I think never stop teaching or learning from each other. I think it's a, it's a two-way avenue that, and it's not just about telling them what to do, because I actually you have so much to learn from them as well.
0: I mean, it's so fascinating, your first point there around, but yeah, I think you said something around being okay with with driving, driving them away or l- letting people go and, and move on. Because I think so often you see it crop up on LinkedIn all, all the time, the quote that sort of says, um, people don't leave bad organizations, they leave bad managers or they leave bad, bad leaders. I think that's quite misleading. So, On the one hand, that's absolutely true, right? People do leave companies because they've got a a bit of a a, a shitty boss, but it's also absolutely true. And again, you're you're proof that this is the case. People leave great leaders and great managers, because if we realize it's time for somebody to move on and we can't give them the opportunity or the the role that they're ready for within our organization, we could try and hang on to them. But and we'll get the benefit of their experience for a, a little bit longer, but they're probably going to start to get frustrated, right? So I just think surely it's better to support them to move on and, and carry on on growing than to try and trap them in our organization because then they'll go with a good experience of us and our organization they'll tell good stories about us and maybe they might come back and work for us at some stage in the future right it just feels like such a false economy to try and hang on to people when we know in our in our hearts that it's not the right place for them anymore
3: yeah I think it goes back to making sure you have the right environment and the right people for that environment you know at the end of the day As you said, people come back. We've had a few in our team that left and came back. So I think that's really, really positive. But also you need to create that safe place and and that trust relationship. I I have an example, actually, a few years back where one of our account managers, you know, she was lovely. We had a great time. She did a great job, you know, and she actually came to me out of anyone in the business and told me, you know, I want to start teaching because I think this is what I want to be doing. I want to be with children. I want to start teaching. So I went, all right, well, you know, start taking interviews, let me know, and I'll make sure I cover up for you for the team. You know, we don't talk about it. And it gave me plenty of time to think about who would take over from her. So I think, you know, it's it's it can only be beneficial because actually you're putting yourself in a much better place because you can work towards it hand in hand. In hand. You know, it's not about someone turning around and handing in their notice. And then it's, as we know, it was very difficult to find the right people within the very short span of time but it's knowing when it's the end of the journey for people as well. As you said, you know, sometimes they aspire to other things and if you don't have what they need or if they're trying to change careers, you have to be supportive of that.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a wonderful story. Just the very fact that somebody felt able to come to you and say, I'm thinking about, or this is kind of what I think I want to do um, with my career going forward. And I was able to, I say, have that conversation with you and you said okay go and start doing interviews rather than what happens in 99.9 percent of the cases right where people are going and interviewing without telling their telling their current employer and I just think it's a lo- lovely place to end because i think it's just absolute testament to uh, the great job you're, you're doing as a leader that someone felt able to do that and you you supported them next up is scott shoot who will appear on episode 82 of the show. Scott spent many years at LinkedIn, initially as vice president of global customer operations, leading a team or department rather of over 1,000 people. Following this, he then became head of mindfulness and compassion at LinkedIn, which is a role he created himself and pioneered for several years. Let's hear what Scott has to say. On this one question. Scott, what would you say are your top tips for keeping your team or teams you've led motivated and really sort of demonstrating your
4: appreciation for the work that they do or have done? I think the first part is focus on meaning and purpose, right? There's always a higher purpose to the work that we do. If we focus on tasks, people kicking it unmotivated, but you focus on meaning, and it's incredibly powerful. There's some great stories about there. The, the three bricklayer story is a good one. You can look that one up if you don't know it. Or John F. Kennedy, you know, president during when we were trying to send you know, astronauts into space in the 60s. He went to tour the facility in the early 60s, and the janitor was there. And he asked the janitor what he was up to. And the janitor said, I'm helping put a man on the moon. And literally what he was doing was mopping the floor. But the meaning behind it—he was helping put. He was part of the team helping put a man on the moon, so that's the first part—is meaning. People want meaning in their lives. They want their lives. They want their work to matter. And then the second part—and lots of parts in between—but the second part is gratitude. We are so stingy generally with our gratitude, but we know how it feels ourselves when someone says something of appreciation towards us, and how it meant something to them. But we tend not to focus on the good things. We focus on the bad things. If there's one pothole in a thousand miles of perfect road, we focus on the one pothole. Let's focus on the 999 miles of perfect road. Of course, we go fix the pothole as well. But if we focus on the light, it gives us way more strength and power to deal with the dark.
0: Yeah. I love that. It reminds me of, um, there's a post that you quite often see on LinkedIn, actually. It's the, the story of, of Einstein, right, where he was given a lecture and he wrote out 10 calculations. I think it was times tables. And he deliberately made a mistake and put one wrong. And all of his students started giggling, apparently, because Einstein had made, made a question. And then he, he'd done it on purpose. And he said, you focused on the one calculation from 12 that I've got wrong what about the 11 that that I've got right? But it's so, so (laughs) true, right? We focus on all the issues and the problems, not all the stuff that's that's gone well. That's right. And last, but as they say, by no means least, let me introduce you to Jay Steinfeld, who will appear on episode 83 of the show. Jay founded and was the CEO of Blinds.com, the world's number one online window covering retailer. It's a business he bootstrapped in 1996 for just $3,000 from his Texas garage, which was later acquired by Home Depot in 2014. Interestingly, after the acquisition, Jay stayed on as CEO and then later joined the Home Depot leadership team. So he really does know a thing or two, again, as they say, about keeping teams motivated. So Jay, you have led a business starting from just you, I think, in your garage or your bedroom, grew it into a business turning over millions of dollars, then merged or was acquired. Depending on which way you want to look at it, into Home Depot turning over billions. Like, what is, with that in mind? What are some of your top tips for keeping people keeping people motivated?
5: If you have a a vision that is tantalizing, and you're not doing it for the money, but they're doing it because they want to get there. And if you are getting like-minded people who also want to do that, now they're not alone. Now they're being supported. And when people, when you want to do something of significance, you have to make people feel significant. And you have to not, you make them feel significant by actually being significant and letting them know how they are significant. So you do that, people are going to stay, people are going to want to be there, and they're going to achieve things beyond everybody's imagination.
0: Yeah, I I love that. And it really resonates with something you shared previously. And for, for those people listening, like you want to know more about what I'm I'm going to say here, check out the full episode with, with Jay. But you've spoken so much about the vision and bringing people into the business on the journey with you who believe in, in that journey. And, and I think that's really key, right? Because I actually don't think it's a leader's job to motivate people, because I don't think there's ever been anybody who has received a promotion or joined a new company and was demotivated, right? People join excited and motivated. So... If that changes, if they stop becoming demotivated, somewhere along the line, something must have happened. A leader must have done something. There must be some organizational policy or friction that is like sapping that, that motivation. And it's really interesting when you shared in the main episode about when you joined Home Depot, they said, if we're doing anything that is making your life difficult, I think you said, or destroying the culture, let, let us know. Because that, that was quite in, insightful of them
5: to, to do that, I think. Do, do you agree? Absolutely. And a relief. I also want to go back to your comment about motivation. I look at it for not about motivation so much, but empowerment. And that oh. Leaders do not empower people. That people are already empowered. And that all you can do as a leader is disempower them. So it's we think of it the same way, but I use the word empowerment and you will use motivation. But I agree, people come motivated, people come empowered to you. It's your job to harness that, not destroy it. Yeah. And it's so easy
0: done, right? It's so easy done. We We employ highly motivated, empowered, capable, intelligent people. And then we fall into the trap of trying to tell them what to do and how to do it. And we wonder why they suddenly start feeling unmotivated or disempowered and it's back to the analogy every time we point a finger at somebody or criticize somebody there's three fingers pointing back at us right we've, we've played a part
5: in that absolutely well if, if one of your core values as is, is mine is to experiment without fear and then somebody experiments and then you yell at them or fire them or say what the hell were you thinking they'll never experiment again and no one else will either so Yeah, you you want to encourage all these things and support all these things, which is really not that easy. And one of the things as a leader you need to do is if you know what your core values are, interview for those core values before they even get there, because it's not easy for people to evolve and to look themselves in the eye and admit frailties, to experiment and to take chances and to speak up, because we've all been trained not to do these things, to minimize risk. And therefore, you, you if you interview and say, well, tell me some things you're doing in your personal life right now to get better, anything. And if they, they can answer yeah. that in a positive way, that's a person who you want there because they are going to evolve automatically and you don't have to ask them to do it. They're already doing it. There you have it, folks. Five leaders, one question
0: and our second medley episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you're enjoying this new format. But more importantly, as always, I really hope you can go away and make some small positive changes as a result of what you've heard today. If you are getting value from this episode, then I would be extremely grateful if you could go on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from and rate and review the show. It really does enable us to keep bringing you more and more interviews with amazing leaders. If you're getting value from it, do also consider sharing it with your colleagues and teams. Why don't you listen to it and then have a conversation around what you got from it and how you can apply it. That really will help you to make some real changes that have a real impact in the real world. One final thing, folks, before you head off to do whatever it is you're going to go and do next. Please do head over to my website at www.many.com ben-morton.com or just click on the link in the show notes and subscribe to my two weekly newsletter. I never send you any spam. I don't bombard you with sales emails but what I do give you is a two weekly email with my latest thoughts and ideas around leadership and personal development. I give you the links to all of the latest podcast episodes so you don't need to worry about missing one. And I also share with you the latest blogs and articles I've been writing. That's over at ben-morton.com. That's it for this episode, folks. Hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you got value from it. Take care and lead on.